Welcome to Calvary Life DFW's weekly podcast. We hope this podcast encourages you, challenges you, and furthers your relationship with God in a whole new way. Enjoy this week's message. What a joy it was. Uh, I asked my wife during worship, did you tell Candace the theme of the message? And she said, no. So the Holy Spirit told her. <laughs> so every song fit the theme. And then David did as well, talking about freedom. So I, I'm thinking, I'm just kind of in awe right now. So I'm thinking about how God has already been orchestrating the service. Um, a couple of things. For one, those of you that are serious note takers, um, you will be very distressed to find that I've added a fifth point. So let me give it to you. So I don't, because if I was you, I would be completely out of sorts if you added something you didn't tell me ahead of time. So there may not be anybody else in the sanctuary as weird as me, but there might be. So, so just in case. So I've added a fifth point, which is today, um, how it applies. Today, colon, how it applies. So I also want to say that there are a few thoughts that I'm going to share today that will be a little controversial, and I understand that going into it. Um, can I center this? So there we go. I feel better. <laughs> um, a little controversial. So just if, if you are not sure about some of the things I say, that's okay. And I encourage you to go home and meditate on it and study the scriptures and find out for yourself. So I just want to tell you that ahead of time. And then the third thing I want to say is that this morning when I was praying about the service, I really felt, I don't know if I was, felt convicted, but I just felt like the Lord showed me that I had been completely focused on what I was going to say and not very much on how you were going to receive it. And I thought, wow, that, I mean, just really felt struck by that. So my prayer is that there will be a reception on your part and a change that will take place. And there will be freedom that you will experience because of the message. We have our four um, core principles. I shouldn't have said that because I can't remember what they are. <laughs> experiencing Christ, I mean, knowing Christ, experiencing freedom, and connecting with something and having purpose. But today is on experiencing freedom. Oh, boy, does someone know those four? <laughs> no, I shouldn't have gotten started on that, but anyhow. <laughs> but I'm talking today about experiencing freedom. <laughs> is this being taped? <laughs> Pastor Gwen, Pastor Gwen Morrill, watch it. And he'll call me and say, no, Pastor Steve, it'd be nice if you knew our four principles. But yeah, I got close. So Luke chapter 13, verse 10. Um, and we're going to read all the way down through verse 17. I don't know what I have on the notes, but I think I don't think I had it right. It's all the way down through verse 17. Now he, he being Jesus, was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bent over and in, could in no way raised herself up. But when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said to her, now notice what he says, and that's going to be a main point we're going to talk about today. Woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. 
And he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. But the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation, because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath. And he said to the crowd, There are six days in which men ought to work, therefore come and be healed on them and not on the Sabbath day. The Lord then answered and said, Hypocrite. I love how Jesus just soft soaps everything, right? <laughs> Hypocrite. Does not each one of you on the Sabbath loose his ox or donkey from the stall and lead it away to water it? So ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound, think of it for 18 years, be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath. And when he said these things, all his adversaries were put to shame, and all the multitude rejoiced for all the glorious things that were done by him. Father, I pray it helped me today to speak what you want me to speak. Stop me from saying things you don't want me to say. Help us hear what you want us to hear, help us respond and be changed. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So first of all, I just want to kind of give a little bit of context, well, not context, but just explanation. This is a very unique passage of Scripture. It is a very unique occurrence of deliverance or exorcism, if you want to call it that, that Jesus performed. Completely different than any other exorcism in the New Testament. So, first of all, he identifies this woman as a daughter of Abraham. We'll talk more about what that means in a minute. But the, but the two things that really stand out to me, actually three things, was one, that Jesus initiated this deliverance. And as far as I can tell, and I could be missing something, I understand that, but I, I, as far as I can tell, it's the only occasion where Jesus cast out a demon that he initiated the deliverance. There were a couple of times where he initiated healings, very few of those actually, but this is the only time that I can recall that he initiated the deliverance. The second thing is, is that Jesus never spoke to the demon. And every other occasion where Jesus delivered someone, he spoke straight to the demon and cast the demon out. But on this occasion, he doesn't do that. He just speaks to the woman. And he says, woman, you are loosed. And so I think we would want to understand why he did it that way. And that's what we're going to talk about. And the third thing that is unique about this particular deliverance is that Jesus laid his hand on her. He touched her. No other case of someone being delivered from a demon records Jesus touching them. He just says, with a word, he cast out the demon. And so this is a very unique situation. And, and I really believe that there is a message for us. And like I said, it'll be a, maybe some thoughts might be a little controversial, but I do believe that God wants to bring freedom to our lives today. And I, that's why I was amazed at the songs, amazed that David shared about having freedom. I didn't share this message with anybody, so except for my wife. And so... Um, so I, I think the Lord definitely wants us to experience freedom today. So let's, let's just kind of unpack it. First of all, and I'll just go down by the note. So I have bound is the first note, bound, and then colon, a daughter of Abraham. 
And I think it is unique that Jesus specifically states that this woman was a daughter of Abraham. And I think it's also very important for us to understand just because you were a Jew did not qualify you to be considered a child of Abraham. I know technically, I guess genetically, yes. But spiritually, no. Jesus made that very clear in John chapter 8 when he was interacting with the Pharisees. And, and they said, well, Abraham's our father. And Jesus said, no, not really. He said, if, you, if Abraham was your father, then you would do the things that Abraham does. And then he went on to say, your father is actually the devil. And so I mean, that was kind of heartbreaking, I'm sure. But he, he said, your father is actually the devil. And then in, in Romans chapter 9, when Paul was writing, he said, just because you're of Israel doesn't make you an Israelite. That doesn't, just because you are genetically from the nation of Israel doesn't qualify you to be considered a true Jew or, or Israelite because that is an issue of faith. And so I think what Jesus is saying to us here is this woman was clearly a woman of faith. Now, a couple of things I want you to notice about this. Number one, you don't see any indication of her manifesting demon possession. Remember the guy that Jesus crossed the lake and he, he gets out and this guy's living in the tombs and he's cutting himself and he's naked and they tried chaining him, he'd break the chains. And the guy was berserk with demonic possession. There was the young boy who was possessed by a demon and he would be thrown into the fire trying to kill him and thrown into the water trying to kill him. And, but this lady doesn't manifest anything like that at all. In fact, she seems to clearly be a woman of faith and I'll talk about that in a moment. She seems to clearly be a woman of faith. She's in the synagogue and, and, and Jesus, Jesus specifically called her a daughter of Abraham. So I think that's the first thing I want us to get. We're going to talk about that in a moment. The second thing I want us to notice is even though she was a daughter of Abraham, she was bound by a demon. Now, she, our, Jesus said Satan has her bound. So I don't know if that meant Satan personally or Satan just by implication of it being the demonic realm. But either way, she was bound. And so she was a daughter of Abraham, a woman of faith, I'm assuming, and I believe it's correct, yet she was bound by a demonic being, and she was stooped over and could not raise herself up. But Jesus made it very clear, she, because she was a daughter of Abraham, now I want you to make sure you get this part, she had the right to be delivered. Because she was a daughter of Abraham, she had the right to be delivered. And Jesus made that point, and now, but he made the analogy of, or used the analogy of having a donkey or an ox that you had tied up, and because you were the owner, you owed it to those animals to untie them and take them to water. They had the right to be set free and taken to water. And Jesus uses that as an analogy. And he says, just like those animals have the right for you to untie them and take them to water, this woman, because she is a daughter of Abraham, has the right to be set free from this demonic oppression. You got that? 
So, so we have this whole picture of this woman. It, it, it really is, it, it really, it, it just creates kind of a conflicting picture. This daughter of Abraham, but she's bound by a demon, but Jesus says she has the right to be set free. Well, the next thing I want us to just kind of touch on is Jesus initiated her deliverance. Now, and we're going to talk about why. Why did he do that? I don't know. <laughs> the Bible doesn't tell us why he did it. However, I would say this. Because of the ruler of the synagogue's response, notice what the ruler of the synagogue did. After Jesus healed this woman, of course, he did it on a Sabbath in the synagogue. The Jews were completely bound by their legalistic system and not at all pro, um, uh, prone to grace. So he is angry. This woman has been bound for 18 years, but Jesus has set her free, but it happened on the Sabbath, and he's angry about it. But notice who he talks to. Who does he talk to? He doesn't talk to Jesus. He talks to the crowd, and he tells the crowd, look, there are six days. You come and get healed on those six days. Don't come and get healed on the Sabbath. I think, and I can't, this is not verifiable, so I, I acknowledge that from the very beginning. But I wonder if that, if he was saying that because this woman had obviously come on the Sabbath for the specific purpose of being healed and delivered by Jesus. I really, I really think that's a great possibility that she was evidencing faith by coming to the synagogue because she knew Jesus was going to be there and she wanted him to heal her. There are other occasions where people position themselves to be delivered by Jesus or healed by Jesus because they had faith. The woman with the issue of blood. There was a huge crowd pressing around him. But she pushed her way through because she felt like if I could just get to him and touch him, then I'll be healed. So she positioned herself to be able to, to be delivered, to be healed. And I really feel like that could be the case with this woman, that Jesus was in essence responding to her faith. See that? Why did Jesus, I mean, well, I don't know that. I, I really don't, I can't say definitively this is why Jesus initiated this deliverance. I don't know that for sure. But I wonder if he didn't see in her faith to be healed. If he didn't see in her faith to be delivered. And if, in fact, that might not be the reason she was there to begin with. It was because she wanted, she knew Jesus was going to be there. And her faith reached out. She thought, I just got to get to synagogue and Jesus will set me free. Then that brings us kind of to the heart of the message, loosed. Loosed, a different approach. This is so unique. And really, this message just came out of my personal devotions several weeks ago. I don't remember when it was, but I just got stuck. On this passage, I thought, why did Jesus do it this way? Why did he say, why did he not say, demon, I cast you out? He didn't even tell the lady to be loosed. He just said, you are loosed. He didn't even tell her, be loosed, just you are loosed. And so I've pondered on that and pondered on that. And the Bible doesn't tell us exactly why Jesus said that. So we're kind of left to our own 
um, deduction. And so, I mean, just studying it, and you may have some different ideas. <laughs> if this was class at school, we would have a lot of discussion, but it's not. It's Sunday morning service, so I just got to preach. But anyhow, um, the, so this is the best deduction I can come up with. I, I wonder if perhaps, because she was, in fact, a woman of faith, she was a daughter of Abraham. All she needed was the word of the Lord to spark faith in her heart that she can then be free. Right? She didn't even need Jesus to rebuke the demon. Jesus could just tell her, you are loosed, and then faith would arise in her heart, and she would be loosed. Amen? And so I really think that that is, I think that's probably what happened. There's kind of a, another idea. I guess I'll just say it because I've already started it. But another idea that probably is a very, it's a big stretch, but I've actually wondered about this. I wonder if really, first of all, we need to push pause and think about 18 years. What's magic about 18 years? 18 years prior, something had happened that occasioned her being subject to demonic affliction. She wasn't just sitting at Starbucks one day and just suddenly got bent over. That didn't happen. Something happened, something traumatic. Perhaps she was wounded and didn't forgive. Maybe she suffered a terrible loss. I, I don't know, but something happened. I mean, 18 years ago, it wasn't just like, okay, now I'm bound. Something traumatic happened in her life that occasioned an open door for demonic affliction. Okay, we need to hang on to that because we're going to talk in a few minutes about can we experience points of bondage in our lives, and that's what's controversial. And, and if we do experience points of bondage in our lives, it didn't just happen one day. Something traumatic happens in our lives, and the response eventuates in Affliction, oppression, bondage, strongholds, whatever you want to call it. Now, I'm not wanting to get ahead of myself, and actually I left a part out in the first point, but I wonder if her being a daughter of Abraham could be a picture of the born-again Christian today. She obviously was not a born-again Christian because Jesus had not yet died and been resurrected. But she was a woman of faith. And I wonder if she could be a picture for us today as born-again Christians. And so that's a question we're going to deal with at the end of the message, so just hang on to that. But I just wonder, so 18 years ago, something had happened. Okay, now, push pause off. Now let's continue with the thought. I know you forgot what we were saying. So what I was saying was, why did he say loosed? Well, I wonder if perhaps whenever whatever happened, whenever whatever happened 18 years ago, something happened in her mentally. And this is a stretch, I know, but I'm going to share it anyhow. I, something happened in her mentally, and even though the devil could not literally bind her, she might have felt like she was being bound. And mentally, 
she, she gave in to this thought of being afflicted by the devil. And what Jesus did when he said, you are loosed, he really just was speaking truth to her, and the truth brought the freedom that she needed. So it's possible. Jesus said in John 8, 32, you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. So either way, it doesn't matter, I don't think. Either way, I think it's the same. The point is, when Jesus said to her, you are loosed, something happened in her heart. Faith ignited in her spirit, and she experienced freedom, right? He didn't even have to address the demon. He just spoke to her. I really think that, and now we're getting a little controversial, but I really feel like we experience increasing and ongoing levels of freedom throughout our Christian life. Which that, now that presumes that, now follow me, that presumes that we have had places of bondage. But, I believe that you can be sitting and reading the Bible and suddenly something breathes into your spirit. And, and a point, let's just use this terminology, a place where you were stuck. Can we use that? Not bondage. Maybe somebody will, we won't be offended by it. You just were stuck. And suddenly you're no longer stuck there. And you're able to move Past that in your life. Right? So you are set free. You are loosed. You, in essence, hear the word of the Lord saying, you're loosed. You don't have to be stuck there. You don't have to spend the rest of your life dealing with that. I believe in worship services. In fact, I believe probably some people experience some points of freedom this morning during worship. You wouldn't really even call it a deliverance. Call it what you want. But there was a place where there was some point of bondage, some point of being stuck, some point of just not being able to fully control yourself. And, and God breathes into your heart, you're loosed. And, and all of a sudden you realize you're not dealing with that anymore. It can happen a friend can speak a word of truth to you and it just ignites something in your heart and suddenly you just move into a new level of freedom. And on, I mean, we could just go on and on and on. I believe that we just, the point is, I believe that we increasingly and ongoingly are experiencing new levels of freedom throughout our life. It could happen in prayer. You're praying and suddenly something just breaks and, and you have a greater level of freedom. It could happen driving down the road and you're just meditating on the Lord or listening to a worship tape or maybe yelling at the driver next to you. I don't know. But suddenly God sets you free. It's just, just a point of freedom. It's not like you're the demoniac in the, of the Gadarenes possessed by thousands of demons and, and berserk and crazy and cutting it, not like that. 
but just the point of being stuck. And God brings greater freedom to your life. You guys with me on that? We're good so far? <laughs> All right, very good. All right, so the next, just quickly, the element of touch, I think is very critical. Why did Jesus touch this woman? I mean, he didn't touch any other demoniacs. At least we don't have record of that. But on this occasion, he touched her. And, and most commentators say, and I tend to agree with what they say, although I think there's more to be added to it, but what they say is the word of the Lord released her from the demonic control. The touch gave her the strength to stand. I kind of like that. It's like the word released her, the touch strengthened her. Well, but I think we could add more to that. Again, going back to the 18 years ago, whatever happened had brought damage to her in some capacity, mentally, emotionally, maybe physically. Of course, physical was, her, was the ailment that she had. And, and that needed to be set right. So I think we could take the touch, and I, I, don't want to, I don't want to violate the scriptures here, but I believe we could think in terms of, of ongoing strength being added to our lives. Where we are being taught, we are being trained. We, we Basically, we have to reprogram how we think. Because it's one thing to be, listen to what I'm going to tell you, it's one thing to be set free. It's another thing to stay free. And staying free requires reprogramming how we think. Having the word of God placed into our hearts. Being filled with the Holy Spirit. And walking in the Spirit. The strength to stand and to keep on standing, right? So I really think the touch here is very important. It's, a, it's an important part of this whole picture. This is an amazing scenario, this entire scenario. And so the last thought I want to share is today, this is the fifth one that I added, um, how it applies. And so let's go back to the question, could this lady be analogous to born-again Christians today? And so let me say, first and foremost, get it out in front so you'll know what I am not saying. What I am not saying is that I'm not suggesting that Christians can be demon-possessed. I'm not at all suggesting that. I think we probably need to think about 1 Thessalonians 5, where, where he prayed that, that he would keep us, God would keep us completely sanctified, our whole spirit, soul, and body. We, we are a three-part being. And when you give your heart to Christ and, and your spirit is born again, I, I don't think that a demon, I don't think that Jesus is going to be a roommate with a demon in your spirit. And I don't see that happening. But just realistically, you know, stay with me, even if you're disagreeing already, stay with me anyhow, just kind of listen, and then you go home and ponder it. But... For instance, 2 Corinthians 5 says that old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. 
does anybody have anything old still in your life? Well, don't lie. <laughs> we all do. So what does that mean? It means that we're in the process. Yes, we are free. We are cleansed. We are born again. Yes, we are new. But now we're walking out the newness. We're walking it out. I mean, I have, as a pastor, I have known many, many people who had areas in their lives where they were not in control. It could be lust. It could be anger. It could be greed. It could be unforgiveness. But it could be addictions. I've known people who deeply love the Lord. This will, this will probably be definitely controversial, but I've known people who deeply love the Lord who struggle desperately with drug addiction, and yet they clearly love the Lord. What is that about? I, I've told this story before. I don't think I've really ever told any details here, and I'm not going to tell details again this morning. It's boring and long. But, but I, I was myself at one point just dominated by anger in my life. I know it's hard to imagine, but I was. I just, I mean, I was angry, and I would just make an absolute idiot of myself, blowing up. And I never, one of the worst, in fact, that, that, that's the occasion that, that prompted me to finally really seek the Lord. But I was a pastor at camp and just blew up on the, on the volleyball court. And then right after that, they came down and said, hey, can you lead worship tonight? <laughs> I thought, oh, my God. And then, but the Lord, the Lord showed me, and I won't give the details, but the Lord took me back in time and showed me a particular point in my life, the 18 years, it wasn't 18 years precisely, but it was a time in the past that had given that at anger, call it a spirit, call it whatever you want, a point of control. You hear that word? I didn't say I was possessed. I loved the Lord. I was spirit-filled. I mean, but there was a point at which anger had control in my life. And at that moment, when God showed me that, I was set free. I didn't have that anymore. Now, my wife tells me it doesn't always work that easily for everybody else, but, <laughs> but it just, that, that's how it works. For me, and I think it can work for anybody. When God shows you the truth, you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. So say what you want. There was anger was controlling me. I was not controlling it. You guys with me on that? So call it what you want. But I needed that control to be broken. I think even physically, I, I've known people that, that have ongoing physical problems, and there, there's no real seeming physical explanation. Could it be something that the devil is doing? Well, I think it's possible. So Jesus, first of all, let me say this. 
The word of God was written for a reason. And every single story is important. And I believe this story, you know, I, I know that 10 years from now I might see a, a greater depth to it, but right now what I see is that God wants us to understand that we can be children of Abraham, children of faith, and, and be experiencing points of bondage in our lives. But, here's the key, you have the right to be free. You have the right to be free. Just like an owner owes it to an ox to untie it and take it to, the, to water, God's saying, I owe it to you. You have the right. You're my child. That doesn't mean that God doesn't owe us anything, but you get my point. We have the right to be free. So what I want to do right now is, um, and I really wrestle with, how do I end this service, Lord? Um, some of you have, and maybe just one or two, maybe 20, I don't know, have been sitting there thinking, oh, my God. There's places that are controlling me, and I'm not controlling it. And what God wants to tell you is, as a child of faith, you have the right to be set free. And I don't even think we need to cast the demon out, the terminology, we just need to tell you, you are loosed. You are loosed. Jesus has given you the freedom that you need. Now, there is strength that we want to add to that by touching you. Another point of touch, I think, could be the community of faith, that we surround you and encourage you. We all need that. I just want you to sit for a minute with your eyes closed and ponder. Don't make anything up, but if, if there's something in your heart that you just realize, wow, I, I really need to be set free from this. I just really need to be set free from this. I need God to give me I don't even want to use the word deliverance. That's what it is. But when I say that, then you think, oh, no, people think I have a demon. No, I'm not saying that. But there's just a point of control that, that needs to be set free. And what I'm going to ask you to do next is if, if you just say, wow, you know, I, I really want to be free. There's just, and some things can be in your life for years. I don't remember how old I was when I, finally experienced the freedom. I would have been in my 30s probably. <laughs> That's a long time ago, but in my 30s. And the point that, and when God showed me, I, I, he just showed me a picture and I immediately knew what had happened. That happened when I was in seventh grade. 
So, you know, 20 years probably, at least, of having lived with that point of control in my life. Some of you may be something very recent, maybe something just recently happened, and now you just feel like I can't break free from this. And you want to be free. So what I'm going to ask you to do, if, if, you, if there are places in your life that you just realize, I really need God to bring freedom to my life, I'm going to ask you to stand. Just, I, I really want God to bring freedom. And I know that's kind of really asking you to do a lot. I understand that. But everybody has their eyes closed. No one's looking around. And um, but just as a point of saying, just like that lady, in my opinion, came to the synagogue expressing faith, I want Jesus to set me free. When you stand, you're saying, Jesus, I'm expressing my faith in you. I want you to set me free. So just continue standing. Hallelujah, thank Jesus. Praise you, Father. Praise you, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I just want you to hear the Lord say to you, you are loosed. You are loosed. You thought it was so hard, but it's not. Jesus is just telling you, you are loosed. You're a child of faith. You're born again. You belong to the Father. And Jesus is saying, you are loosed. Hallelujah. Thank you for tuning in to Calvary Life DFW's weekly podcast. If what you heard today impacted you, be sure to tell us about it. You can rate and subscribe to this podcast or contact us on social media. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram or our website calvarylifedfw.com. Thank you so much and have a great week.